Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN+. Plus, From the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN Plus so you don't miss a goal. In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe. In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Hey, glad you're with us. This is In the Crease, Linda Cohn, Emily Kaplan. Uh, Emily, I think we're going to do this episode. I'd like to title it Go With the Flow because that's what I've been hearing from so many NHL players about what is going on with the COVID chaos and Omicron variant and how it has affected not only their world, Emily, but as you know, the NHL world. And once again, we're at that point where we have more games postponed and uh, with really no end in sight. First off, Em, what's the latest? The latest is you and I take a week off and the world burns down. That's what it feels like. <laughs> the last time we were talking, I was sitting in a Philly hotel room. I was so jacked up for this Flyers versus Capitals game I had the next day. Talked to both GMs in the morning. I had so much information. I was ready to share it. Maybe I'll spill a little bit of tea later in the episode. Um, and then that game gets postponed too. And it was one of the two that the NHL was trying to squeeze in before this break. Basically, things just got way out of hand and the league's like, let's just shut it down. They needed an extra day. Everyone reported back to facilities on December 26th. They took their daily COVID tests. And to the surprise of no one, a bunch of people tested positive because let's face it, this is living with all of us. It's not just a hockey issue. Um, So they had to postpone a couple more games, but the league is going to try to trudge on. And the reason they're confident they're not going to have to take another pause is they've now finally smartly added the taxi squad back. You can make emergency recalls. This was getting ridiculous to the point where you would go to a morning skate and you don't know if the guys that skated that morning are available that night. And we were getting teams that were only dressing 16 skaters because that's all they could because of the salary cap. And I get it. Gary Bettman is mad at these GMs for years of overspending. And this is his way of doing parody. But like sense and sensibility needs to come through. Unfortunately, the players have to cover for all of these costs of these new uh, roster provisions because that's the way things go, eh? And I've been on the fence, as you know, uh, on the, uh, you know, put me under the heading of, you know, I'll go to bat with Steve Eisenman any day. For weeks, I've been saying you got to forget testing asymptomatic players. But as we all know, unlike the NFL, we have seven teams from Canada. And so I get that. It's really a big challenge, really big challenge for Bettman and Daly and the Players Association to juggle this kind of situation that you have to deal with Canada and make them happy to and follow their rules. Um, Before I get into new CDC quarantine uh, protocols. Way to tease our listeners with the good stuff, Linda. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Which, oh, by the way, is for the states. But we're tied to, though, again, you know, what's going to happen with the whole Canada situation and, and how difficult this is to manage? 
it's you're so right. And this is what makes it unique. I mean, the NFL has no teams in Canada. The NBA has one team. They can easily just put the Raptors down in Florida, call it a day. Right. Uh, we can't do that. And we have seven different Canadian teams across three different divisions. So we can't just like, oh, let's just blow it all up and do a Canada division game. No, we're already so far into the season. So they're going to try to continue the season as is, appease the Canadian government by doing the testing requirements that they want. Um, because the last thing we want is to have to uproot these teams. And realistically, we're talking about like a bubble or neutral site. Um, if it gets to that, the one way the NHL is trying to help out the Canadian teams, though, is that there are places like Quebec who are like, oh, you guys can't have fans right now or you can't sell concessions. And that's a huge part of the NHL's revenue. So they're as they're reshifting everybody's schedule, and we're going to see a lot of different schedules come out. And I think that they're going to be strategically placed. We're not going to get it all at once. Um, you know, I think the schedule is going to come out in the next couple of months as things clarify, but Canadian teams might reschedule some of their home games in the next couple of weeks to later in the season when they can get full capacity. And one more thing, Linda, I want to add, um, I was talking to an NHL GM this morning and he brought up a great point and you could just hear his frustration. He's like, look, I get it. We all need to make sacrifices, but all of last year, what did we want? We wanted fans in the arena. We want to appreciate their energy and be there with us. And now we have them in the arena and we can't even put the best product on the ice because so many guys are unavailable and it just sucks. Yeah, really good point. And I'm glad that GM told you that because that's what's so hypocritical that I love fans in the stands. And as I speak, you know, Winnipeg has already said only 250 fans are going to be in the stands for an upcoming game once they got playing again. But I love fans in the stands. And you're telling all of us, well, wait a minute, if this player and this player and this player test is positive for COVID and you got a full house in the stands with not everybody wearing masks, whether you are pro mask or anti mask, it doesn't matter. That's the rule. That's OK. And they could be walking around with COVID. That's OK. But there, to your point, you're taking the best players off the ice because you're following these antiquated COVID protocols. Which brings me to the CDC, which today has shortened the number of days of quarantine from 10 to 5 days after uh, testing COVID. So that is a, uh, a somewhat of a win here in the States for moving in the right direction and realizing that the Omicron variant is not deadly, will not overcrowd hospitals, and has mild symptoms, if any. And that's what I keep hearing, Emily, and you hear it more than me. Every coach who has come out of COVID protocol, every player... Very quick to say, hey, you know, I'm, I had a headache, uh, I felt tired, but honestly, I was okay. I could have played. Yeah, there's a couple guys who are mildly symptomatic. Oh, sorry. There's a couple guys who are mildly symptomatic, have light flu symptoms, but it's nothing like what we were hearing last year um, where guys were really getting sick of this. And you're right, they're hockey players. They want to play through it. So we'll see how this is all going to unfold. As of now, the NHL is still planning on having its all-star game in Las Vegas. It's still planning for all teams to get to 82 games. It's still planning on awarding the Stanley Cup when it says it was going to award the Stanley Cup. But the word everyone also uses is fluid. And I hate that word. And it's a stupid word to use. <laughs> Not a story that involves the flu and actual fluids, but the situation is fluid. The other thing that was interesting to me, and it was good to hear him speak, Connor McDavid uh, spoke and talked about not being able again to represent his country and go to the Olympics. Matthew Kachuk, another guy we love, really disappointed. And we knew this was going to happen. But back to Connor McDavid, he brought up uh, a solution that hopes it could happen, put together some kind of tournament 
doesn't, and it won't be in Beijing and you won't win an Olympic gold medal, but you win some kind of prize for best against best, country against country, figure it out, a World Cup type of situation. Uh, that would be a nice consolation prize, don't you think, Emily? Uh, yeah, it's literally all anyone wants to talk about now. It's like, we don't need to wait four more years for these guys. Let's give them an opportunity, figure out a way to do the World Cup. I know the PA would be behind it because their players are. I think the league is kind of behind it, too. That's the sense I get. You know, they get a little more control than the Olympics. Um, they've just got to figure it out. And, you know, one of the reasons it took so long to get that Olympic decision announced publicly was that the PA individually needed to call players and talk to them. And they were having one on one conversations with them because the players, as we knew, were upset. But like almost to the point where people were exasperating all options like, what are my legal options if I want to go? Can I go? Are there any loopholes here that I could figure out a way? Because that's how passionate they were. And what I was told is basically the answer to all of those questions is we're sorry. It's contractual. You can't go. Um, but I do think a way that we can make it right by these players is to figure out a way to do a World Cup in 2024. And I'd love to be there. Yes, as would I. And this podcast. Under 26 team, under 20 team, Team North America. like. No, do it the normal style country versus country. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And I think because of our situation and missing two Olympics, that would uh, go in that direction. You know, another thing, getting back to the NHL and as we try to, you know, power through and finish this NHL regular season and the challenges for Bettman and Daly and the uh, NHLPA to do so. You think about fairness, right, Emily? I mean, you think about, is it fair? Uh, you know, the seven Canadian teams aside, but even here in the States of team against team, how many AHL players are there? How many players should there be a number of players? Can you put a number on it of players that perhaps were with that respective NHL team at the opening night? And maybe, you know, you have to say, listen, this, this can't go on. This is not a fair fight. If you don't have, let's say 10 players on your current roster that were there on opening night, because if you don't, and the rest is AHL and pickups and guys that were just hanging out playing beer league, is that really a fair fight? No, it's a great question. And like, maybe there's some kind of formula where we can do where it's like at least one starting goalie, at least one top pairing defenseman, right. Or like figure out something because you're right. It's not the best product on the ice. It's not a fair fight. Something I do think is interesting going back to that game that I had between the flyers and the caps. The Caps are a team that had so many COVID casualties. The game I was about to call, Tom Wilson was about to come back, and I was so excited. He was in concussion protocol. He had just gotten cleared. He was, Everyone told us off the record he was playing, so we were pumped to see him. But Backstrom wasn't going to be there. Kuznetsov wasn't going to be there. Uh, Oshie wasn't going to be there because of COVID protocol. And their GM, Brian McClellan, I was like, just let me get this right. Like, you're one of the teams that easily could have complained to the NHL, but you didn't. And he's like, mm. no, that's just been our philosophy is that we, want, we would use this as an opportunity to see what the young guys had. And we were just going to fight through it. And, you know, it sucked, but they were figuring out ways to get points. And that was their mentality. There's other teams that we know that their GM yes. is calling the league office nonstop saying, this isn't fair. Don't let my guys play. Don't cancel us. So I thought it's interesting, too, that there was a division in the league. Um, and there's also that rumor that the Avalanche are the one team that were allowed to vote on whether they got a play or not. And I never got to the bottom of that. I asked a lot of people. It was very confusing. Yeah, the Avalanche actually this week have a couple of games, you know, postponed, uh, you know, multiple games postponed this week. Just so happens uh, you mentioned Colorado. Uh, so you mentioned, yes, the games that you were not 
uh, able, sadly, to be a part of the, our broadcast crew. Uh, what do you got going on this week? Fingers crossed, Emily. This week is a chill week for me. Um, I've got no travel. The next game I've got on the schedule is January 4th, the Blackhawks game, and then going back to Philly. Philly, though, I just want to pause on them for a second. I'm interested in them. I don't think it's too late for them to turn it around. I really don't. And Mike Yo, if you think about his career, when he was hired by the Wild, he was the youngest coach in the league at the time. And that's a tough locker room to walk into. Miko Koivu, Ryan Suter, Zach Parise, those are all big personalities. And I think he learned something from that stop. He definitely learned something from the stop at St. Louis where he was fired. And then they go on to win the Stanley Cup. And he never knew if he'd get another opportunity to coach again. And I just get the sense, it sounds like, you know, in talking to Chuck Fletcher, this is going to be their guy this year. They're not in a rush to get another coach. They're going to see what they have in you. And I think he might figure out the way to press the right buttons because there's a couple guys um, that really started to play better on them under him and elevate their play. Well, he's one of those guys that have come in mid-season, of course, to replace a guy that they got rid of in the Flyers case. Elaine Vigneault was fired. Uh, and But then you have my guy, Bruce Boudreaux, you know, Bruce, there it is. You know, on this amazing run, there's a team, there's a guy, there's a coach, there's a human that did not want to pause, didn't even want to celebrate Christmas, didn't want to break. He was 6-0 behind the bench. And like the Flyers, there's a lot of teams ahead of them if they're going to make a run for the postseason, you know, in their respective divisions and conferences uh, to do so. So, uh, you know, right now, both those teams are looking good regarding the timing of when these coaching changes were made, because any, t- any, you know, any more weeks, any more days you wait uh, to try to turn things around, it could be too late. I just want to say one funny thing that Chuck Fletcher told me about Mike Yo and kind of, you know, why they're going to stick with him. He's like, look, we just got out of a bad breakup. You got to figure out the landscape of the dating scene before you rush in into something else. And I was like, Chuck, I didn't know you were going to give me dating advice, but that makes a lot of sense. So I think that's their philosophy as well. Are you saying Chuck Fletcher found Mike Yo on a dating app? Is that how it went? Uh, no, he's that safety net. He's the best friend that was always there for you, supporting oh, you. You can just fall yeah. back on him until you figure out what is on Fall back app. until something else comes along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until the hottie <laughs> on the dating app comes along. Got it. I gotcha. I gotcha uh, for sure. Well, you know what? Um, this week, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have games on uh, Wednesday, Thursday night. I'll be hosting in the crease. And then the following week, like you, I'm back in action. I'll be between the benches, God willing, in Seattle. Uh, yes, when the Islanders on the 4th of January come into Seattle and take on the Kraken. That's another team. I don't think it's too late for them. I know the Islanders, they've got a couple games in hand. Um, and I don't know, death taxes and the Islanders making a run when no one's paying attention to them. Yeah, it's going to take a lot, though, Em. I mean, you got to score and put the puck in the net on a consistent basis, you know, hoping your goaltender wins 2-1 games. It's tough. But you know what? I never count out, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Barry Trotz at all, ever, uh, for sure. And uh, it's it's all about who's healthy, who's on the roster. So that's a part, again, that I'm curious about. It's going to be interesting. I'll tell you, if anyone who listens and bets on hockey games, not us, but you can't do it. I mean, you cannot do it because you don't know what a roster looks like. You don't know who's playing, who's going. You don't know who's sitting, who's not. Um, it's very, very difficult. And I, you know, we can talk freely about that because, you know, we have a show called Daily Wager on ESPN and hockey is mentioned. And sometimes you're even on the show, Emily, uh, you know, making, making it clear that uh, you know a thing or two about, you know, who to bet and why. But this is a, an issue that all of these professional sports are dealing with. 
No, I'd be interested to see Vegas's opinion. And it always struck me too, of as much as the league is getting intertwined in this relationship with legalized sports betting, they still won't change upper body injury, lower body injury, because you know, Vegas is campaigning for that because that's another thing that really does affect betting. Um, Right. So I'm I'm curious because hockey seems to be able to have this strong will where it's impervious to all of everybody else's um, whims and fancies. Linda, I hope you had a nice little holiday break. I know by the next time we come on, we'll have games to talk about. How many games? Who's to say? But we will cherish those games because it was a tough couple of days without them. Yeah, that's something I don't want to get used to, Emily. Okay, before we let you go, we want you all to go please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears. He's Swagoo. And NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins. Perk! With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.